Today's scripture is uh, from John 17, verses 20 to 26. I'm not praying only for them, but also for those who believe in me because of their word. I pray that they will be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. I pray that they also will be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me so they can be one just as we are one. I am in them and you are in me so that they will be made perfectly one. Then the world will know that you sent me and you have loved them just as you loved me. Father, I want those you gave me to be with me where I am. Then I can see my glory, which you gave me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, even the world didn't know you, but I have known you. And these believers know that you sent me. I have made your name known to them and they will and will continue to make it known so that your love for me will be in them and I myself will be in them. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. God. Thank you. So this month, our theme for our sermon has sermon series has been push play, and we've been every week taking one of the scriptures for the week and coming up with a game that seems to embody the spirit of that scripture. And uh, so this week, as I was looking at the text, um, I chose the the idea of cooperative gaming. So I don't know about if you've ever played one of these games, but during the worst of the pandemic, when, you know, every night it was like, well, are we going to, you know, watch Netflix or are we going to play a game, right? <laughs> right. What are we going to do to to get our minds off of work and to, to relax a little bit? My husband and I got really into playing a game called Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. And this is a cooperative game. So you're playing cards, and together you're building up uh, your fight against the dark forces, and um, no one wins or loses. You either win or lose together. And so this is what cooperative gaming means. You strategize and you play together against the game. So together, we would win or lose. And over time, we got better. Our daughters refused to play with us after about a month of this. Um, Like, we're tired of playing that game. But for us, it was this way for us to to have this sense of playing together. We knew what strengths we wanted to take on. We knew what approaches worked. And we started to get into a rhythm of how to play together on this game. And so I think this is a little bit of what Jesus is looking for in this passage, inviting us to play and come together against the forces of this world. So would you pray with me? 
God, we thank you for this beautiful prayer of Jesus that invites us to unity. We confess to you all of the things within ourselves that, that are about separation and individualism. And we lay those down and invite you to be within us as people, as communities, to teach us how to to play together, to be together, the people of God. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So it seems to me so often we approach even faith and church as a solo effort. And even worse, sometimes as a competition. I've been in those pastor's meetings, and I'm sure uh, Pastor Debbie has too, where people start talking about their numbers. How many do you have, you know, on a Sunday? How many new members do you have? And you kind of have that sense that you're not gathering as colleagues, but as competitors for just a minute there. It's easy to fall into And we sometimes think we're on our own to battle the dark forces in the world and in our lives, even seeing other churches as competition. And it's understandable. I mean, we're trained this way, especially in this culture, from the very beginning with our rugged individualism and this myth of the Lone Ranger and markets that are based on competition. This is not the vision that Jesus had for the church and for those who would walk in his footsteps after he left. Jesus, in these chapters in John, he prays for himself, and he prays for his disciples that are right in front of him, and then he turns to pray for us, prays for those who will believe And he says that they all may be one. The glory that you have given me, I have given them so that they may be one as we are one. And he's looking for this unity. This unity is that is the revelation of the glory of God. The glory is in the unity. And we try to make it about a lot of other things. How many people fill the seats on Sunday? How beautiful our music is? How well the pastor preaches? How big our budget is? How often we pray in private? How good of a person we are? How good of a person the person next to us is? But Jesus says the glory is in the unity. And this is hard. Why is it hard? Because relationships that are real and sustaining and healthy take a lot of work. (laughs) They require humility, listening, time, patience, forgiveness. And we don't think that we often have time for all of that. We're too busy living our lives, building things up, trying to get things done. And it's often easier to perform unity than it is to embody unity. The glory is in 
the unity. Unity is a beautiful word. Actually, there's a whole denomination named the unity denomination, and it's a lofty goal. Unity means, as I looked it up again, it means to be joined as a whole. It means playing the game with each other, not against each other. But there's also a who in unity, because there is no actual practice of unity that can be separated from who we are and who we are becoming. So unity is both a what that we are aiming for and it is a who that we are becoming. We must become people who are willing to brave and practice unity. Jesus says, I in them and you in me, so that they may be completely one. Unity is an inside job as much as it is an outward manifestation. So what does it mean to grow into unity? I think it means a few things. First of all, it means just this movement of our lives, this trajectory, that, this path that we walk day after day after day, making mistakes, coming back, returning to this path of, of being one with God of continuing to figure out what it means to live our life in the truth that already is, that Jesus proclaimed that we are already in and with God. It also means a determined movement, and we see it when we begin to see the fruits of the Spirit from Galatians rise up within us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. We start to see those we know that we are living and moving towards unity. But here's what I think we sometimes miss or we haven't learned. Growing into unity means believing and living that unity is the core reality of our universe. Unity is the core reality of our universe. In two weeks, uh, we'll celebrate here Trinity Sunday. And what I like to say is that, that the doctrine of the Trinity means that the first thing we know about God is that God is in relationship. Relationship within God's self, relationship with us, that unity is actually the, the building block of our faith. And when we begin to believe that that is the core reality of the universe, it changes how we see everything else, every other aspect of our lives. My, one of my very favorite quotes from Dr. King says this, in a real sense, all life is interrelated. All people are caught in an, in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. And you can never be what you ought to be until I am what I ought to be. This 
is the interrelated structure of reality. Becoming unity means figuring out what Dr. King meant by that, which I think is what Jesus is talking about when he's saying that you all may be one. And figuring out what living in that interrelated structure of reality requires of you and requires of us together. But we have witnessed this week, or in the last month, in the Brooklyn subway train in April, in the top supermarket in Buffalo, New York, in the Geneva Presbyterian Church in Laguna Woods, and in Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas this week. There's been 146 days in this year, and there have been 214 mass shootings. Our society is clearly and tragically failing to embody the interrelated structure of reality that Dr. King talked about, or the unity that Jesus prayed for. We are entrenched in ways of being cross party lines that are about individual power and personal gain in this nation to the point of the literal annihilation of our children and our neighbors. Our society is living in such deep isolation that violence seems to be all that we understand. And the only path of significance that some feel they have. Writer Prentice Hempel diagnosed our culture this way this week when she wrote, the root is a culture that worships violence because it is afraid to feel. We do not love living, we love control. The root is a festering and hardening brutality that ironically is a refusal to be small and vulnerable and a refusal to change. The root is a culture that passes on pain, passes on repression and disconnection, where we cannot tolerate the realness of others, but use each other as screens where we project our self-hatred. Trauma always multiplies when the rituals and pace and concern of the culture will not hold it. This country's refusal to feel will be the death of many. Every inch of progress, every ounce of love, every truly meaningful action from here on out will happen through courage, not comfort. If we claim to be the people that Jesus is praying for in this passage in John, we must find this courage. Jesus gave everything he had to the reality and the structure of unity in the world, to what he saw and experienced and knew in his body and in his bones was his interrelated connection to God and to everyone else. And he calls us to give everything we have to it as well. We must learn and practice and breathe unity.
One thing I've learned about unity, though, is it's not perfect. It's not some glorious ascent to some new level of consciousness. It requires risk and stepping outside our comfort zones. It requires uncomfortable conversations and lots of compassion. It requires community. The writer Valerie Cower says this, Revolutionary love is the choice to enter into wonder and labor for others, for our opponents, and for ourselves in order to transform the world around us. It is not a formal code or prescription, but an orientation to life that is personal and political and rooted in joy. Loving only ourselves is escapism. Loving only our opponents is self-loathing. Loving only others is ineffective. All three practiced together make love revolutionary. And revolutionary love can only be practiced in community. Revolutionary love can only be practiced in community. In fact, you might notice that the word unity is in community. And VPC... We are committed to unity. We have been praying for places where we can more fully practice unity, getting outside of ourselves and our familiar patterns. And this has been something that has felt like a real nudge from the Holy Spirit to partner with St. Mark. Joining together, we're not exactly sure what it's all going to look like. We have some ideas and we're talking about some things, but we are committed to listening and learning and loving and serving and doing together. And in that, we will expand what is possible in East Palo Alto and what is possible here in Portola Valley. So grateful to our Matthew 25 committee and to Dave for praying and listening and leading us. I'm so grateful to all of you who, particularly in the last two years, have, have taken unity into your hearts to pray about what am I called to do? What are we called to do? How can we move forward together? And thank you to St. Mark for welcoming us for taking these first steps of trust. Do not take it lightly. And my prayer is that together we can find and experience the glory of unity together and all become closer, move closer to becoming what Jesus prayed for. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So one of the Sundays where I'm going to now take on my pastor hat and put on the singer hat because it's Memorial Day weekend. And so um, so grateful to Jeff for being here to play guitar for us this morning. And I'm grateful that Barbary can have a Sunday off with her family. Uh, she's our pianist usually. And um, so this song um, is one we've sung before. I'm going to invite you to sing in the chorus as we get into it. So please join in as you want and uh, the words are in your bulletin and also invite you to give generously as we continue to live into the unity jesus calls us to
Would you pray with me? Oh God, we come to you this morning longing for unity. 
and a little afraid of what it might ask us at the same time. So may we listen, may we soften, may we hear each other, may we trust your spirit within us to guide us into people who know and practice and have the courage to be unity in this world. This week, we have heard lots of words. We have witnessed a lot of trauma. And we pray together that you would make us one, inside out, outside in, to together build a more loving world, a place where all of us can flourish and be free and have enough. We pray for the victims of gun violence, particularly the community of Uvalde. We pray for our government, for people to be able to work together and listen together, to come and find a way forward that allows us to be a nation that is truly free and truly whole and works for the common good. Also on this Memorial Day weekend, we remember those who have died fighting for our country. And we also remember the living who bear war's wounds. We give thanks for them and we pray for them. And we thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. We do pray this morning for Barbara Caswell as she is having surgery just now. Her wisdom for the doctors, comfort for her heart and her family, and quick healing. We pray for the community at St. Mark, that they may be faithful, they may continue to show courage and love and leadership on that hot corner to be the presence of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for Pastor Deborah, and we pray that you would sustain and keep her and her family and give them rest and delight. And we pray for our partnership that as we move forward together, we would learn more and more about what it means to be one, even as you and the Father are one. Give us discernment to know what we can do together. And would you magnify your work in us beyond what we can ask or imagine? We thank you for the gift of walking together in the footsteps of Jesus.
who taught us to pray. Our God who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.